0: And welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ. Fed Talks. How how's everybody doing? I waited for everybody to answer, and it sounds good. Um, I hope you checked out last week's episode where uh, Rachel stopped by to talk about uh, best friends forever. Uh, that was fun. I really like having guests. I wish I could watch TV shows faster and knew more people, but. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. I've got the next few guests lined up. They're good. They'll be fun to talk to. I'm excited. We've got a... we got... If all goes according to plan, we'll have two newcomers and one repeat guest. Um, But I, I'm a little worried about one of the newcomers uh, flaking out. So we'll see what happens. And she knows who she is. Uh, boy. You know what? It's Valentine's Day as I record this. And... Uh I don't know, man. I'm not a good Valentine's Day guy. Uh <laughs> For just a second I considered just being totally honest about some things, and then I decided not to. But uh uh my life's complicated right now and uh Oh, here's the thing. Maybe it's not complicated. Maybe it's actually very easy and I'm just stupid. Uh, both of those things are possible. But uh, until I know which of those it is, my, 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 my heart is in turmoil. That sounds dramatic. I wish I hadn't said it that way. Um, I'm kind of new to having, you know, feelings about people. And so... Uh, um, Man, I don't know. Let's, you know what, let's, let's backtrack straight off of this. There's no need to be talking about EJ's sadness. Um, hey, who watched the Super Bowl? Um, it's the one football game a year I watch. And I had fun watching it. Um, partly because of how visibly terrible the field was after a few minutes of play. But, uh... uh, uh Friends Brad and Becky hosted, and Brad made really good potato soup. And uh, you know, it was a night, it was a nice fun night of watching a sport none of us that were super involved with. But it was fun. Um look, talking Super Bowl commercials is that's 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 morning radio nonsense. That's they've all been chewed over. That said, it's probably fun to talk about the movie trailers we saw, right? Um, I'll just hit him real briefly. Obviously, cocaine bear is the standout. I know this thing's kind of a meme, and uh, I suspect it's gonna be like snakes on a plane where it's more fun to talk about cocaine bear than it is to see cocaine bear. But who knows? it's they've they've certainly piqued my interest with the very, I assume that's about all of the movie they could show on a network TV ad spot. Uh, I feel like Cocaine Bear is going to go to some dark places. Uh, the the Fast and Furious Ten. I don't know for sure what the exact title is. I thought I saw FX. Uh, and if that's the case, that would be disappointing because the last one was F9, and it's the first. That would be the first time they've used the same naming convention two movies in a row. Um. And honestly, kind of, the I was going to say the same time they've used this, or the first time they've used the same naming convention, period. But uh, let's not forget that two of the nine movies so far are titled The Fast and the Furious. Well, there's Fast and Furious and The Fast and the Furious. So, man, you can do a TED Talk on the wild way they've been titling that series. Um. But I was, I was exci- I'm was i not the biggest fan of that franchise, and I kind of think, I don't care about, I know everybody grooves on the family thing, and I kind of think that's dopey, and I don't like that all the action stuff has to involve cars, which is why I liked Hobbs and Shaw a lot better, because that had more fighting fighting better than cars. Look, it's it's a simple equation. Pac-Man wants to eat fighting more than he wants to eat cars. Uh but there's still a lot of fun stuff in there in the in the trailer. Uh obviously the like the main thing to whether or not I I see it is whether Jason Statham is in it and he is in the trailer just just for one shot, but I think his presence was supposed to be a surprise. So that would make sense. I know he's in the post credit scene of, of F9, but that could just as easily be setting up Hobbs and Shaw 2, which I sure hope happens. There hasn't been a lot of talk about it, but we have to reveal who the villain behind, behind Idris Elba was. Uh, unless that's what Fast 10 will resolve. Look, I don't know how Vin's brain works. But it's also like everybody's back except The Rock. And also Brie Larson and Jason Momoa are in on this now. And uh, I like them. That'll be fun. I do like that Jason Momoa's character seems to be somebody who was present in Fast Five, but just off screen all the time. <laughs> the, the continuity of this series has gotten so ridiculous that they actually have to do the, do the, uh, the Jack Black episode of Community to, to hold it together. Um, let's see, there was the, uh, boy, I don't remember that many movie trailers, quite frankly. Uh, obviously, uh, no, not I. No, we'll get to the one I care about at the end, but, uh, Flash, which still a little surprise is coming out after all of the delays, both for effects reasons and for the parent company falling apart reasons and Ezra Miller going on a crime spree reasons. And I don't care about the trailer at all. Like, I just don't see me watching watching Flash. But at the end, when Michael Keaton shows up in the Batman suit from Batman 89, it is, it's, it's impossible not to get a, lump, a little lump in your throat. I guess if you have no emotional attachment to Batman, you probably wouldn't, but I love Batman and hearing him say I'm Batman. And I'm not even the biggest fan of the Tim Burton Batman movies, but I think Michael Keaton's great. And there's just something about seeing him back in costume that's so fun. Uh, and my feelings about Michael Keaton Batman are equal and opposite my feelings of Ben Affleck Batman, who I never need to see again. Um, here's the thing with Flash. Get a little maybe this will get a little boring or maybe personal. I don't know. We'll see how this shakes out. Um, I have talked about it before uh, and as much as I talk about the Marvel stuff and did the big Marvel rewatch this year, uh, when it comes to comics, I am at heart a DC guy. Um, I to the extent I would I would let other podcasts like good podcasts, have me on call, so when they're talking about stuff and and both of the you know if there's multiple hosts they will both inevitably inevitably say I'm not really a DC guy I am I can answer your questions I know who those characters are <laughs> and it is similarly no secret that most of their movies have been pretty dreadful um and there's only a few that outright suck but you know other than other than the first Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm hard pressed to come up with with one in that in that continuity that I really think is a standout. Um, you know, honestly, my favorite stuff has been the Peacemaker TV show and the Doom Patrol TV show. The latter of which is not in uh, the greater universe continuity. Look, it does that doesn't matter. Let's not focus on what earth things are happening on. But like that, I genuinely love the DC universe and those dumb characters, and I say dumb with affection, because the dumbest characters are my favorites. Uh, You know, like the Doom Patrol, or Plastic Man, or Ultra the Multi-Alien. You know, I'm not saying Superman's dumb. I'm saying a lot of his friends are dumb, and I love them. They're my best friends. And between the uh... They did a big reboot of the of the comics in 2011. That was occasionally brilliant, but mostly bad. And a lot of it took all the charm out of this sort of bedraggled universe. Here's the difference between between DC and Marvel. Uh, exactly what what you came to hear is me bloviating on this. Uh, Marvel was largely created by like the same five or six guys, and everybody everything was sort of intended to, if not fit together, like at least occupy the same world. So, you know, F- Spider-Man would be able to meet the Fantastic Four, and it was all sort of done with an eye towards yeah, these guys all live in the same New York. DC was so, and part of it I think was because they really started earlier. I mean, Superman's 1938. Marvel doesn't exist as a publisher name until 61. Uh, But DC was so fractured. I mean, Superman and Batman didn't appear in the same comic together for, I think, until the 50s. There was a book called World's Finest, which had a Batman story and a Superman story, and the only time they ever appeared together was on the covers. Where they'd be playing baseball or having a picnic, it was weird, really weird. They were never doing fun action stuff. They'd be setting off fireworks. It's real weird. Look up, look up, old world's finest covers from the forties. You'll have a great time. Um, and usually Robin's there too. Like, what, what are these? What are these dopes doing? But uh, and like, like, they're structure was so fractured that crossovers were almost impossible like they in the 40s when they threw a bunch of their characters into a team and called it the Justice Society and I think it was the first superhero team they couldn't use Batman and Superman despite them being published by the same people so it's always been a little more haphazard and once uh you know, superheroes kind of disappeared in the '40s and came back in the in the late '50s. And once that started happening, there's a little more of an attempt to tie things together. But even then, stuff that contradicted other stuff would just, oh, that that's on a different world. They were the, they were the original multiverse, and not even one of madness. And, you know, so everything was just kind of there. Theoretically, the Flash could run fast enough to go to that world where the Nazis won World War II and Doll lived. But then you get to, to 85, which is prime EJ as a young boy time. And they do, the, they do Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was supposed to clean up their continuity and not have a hundred different Earths and leave people genuinely puzzled as to what Earth something could be taking place on. And what it ended up doing was just, it put everybody on the same earth. And that was my favorite stuff in the world where all these characters who were never meant to coexist all of a sudden just occupied the same space. Uh, you know, there's there there's four different Atlantises now and they just had to make sense of why Aquaman's Atlantis is nothing like the Atlantis where Superman's mermaid girlfriend came from. And, uh the first boy is Anthro, and the last boy is Commandy, and there's a through line there, and it's all this, you know, and characters they bought from other publishers who they had previously always said, "Oh, that's that's on that's uh, Shazam lives on Earth S." Nope, they all live in the in the same world, and we're gonna, if not make it make sense, at least make it fun. Like all these things that never weren't even in some cases were published by completely different people now they could all theoretically hang out and play baseball like on the cover of world's finest um it is maybe something that my uh a future guest and i will end up diverging into but it's why uh when they rebooted justice league in the 80s which uh, a lot of us called the justice league international era because that was briefly the title and then there was america and europe and blah 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 it's boring it's not boring. It's my favorite thing to talk about, but I'm not going to waste your time. But the at the time when they relaunched a lot of stuff, everybody was kind of treating it like, oh, the the old continuity's gone. Um, you know, suddenly this stuff isn't. We, we're starting fresh, and Justice League's first co- has the new team, and it's, you know, and it's. Yeah, there's Batman there, but also there's there's Shazam who was published by somebody different and Blue Beetle who was published by a, somebody else and a Green Lantern but not the one you're thinking of and also not the other one you're thinking of. And uh uh Doctor Fate who lived on a completely different Earth and uh uh a female version of an old villain and like all this stuff that was just uh, some Jack Kirby characters who were never really meant to occupy the same same. theoretically they did, but they weren't supposed to be in Justice League stories without a lot of story maneuvering. And it was just them all getting thrown into one thing and saying, all right, these guys are on a team together now. Deal with it. And that's the kind of stuff I love where they just pull all these disparate pieces from from, you know, at the time, five decades of existence and, you know, four different publishers and just makes this in, this insane patchwork quilt of story. And, uh, that's the stuff I really love. And I do not re- remember how I segued into this, but it's about how much I love DC. Yeah. And for a while there, and I now, I now realize that, uh. Uh, some of my obsessiveness with different forms of entertainment is born from depression, which probably anybody could have told me at any point in my life. But, you know, but they didn't. So I had to puzzle it out. Um, but I would have a thing where in, in, in bad times, I would hyper focus on pieces of media. I, I've talked about how during the pandemic, I watched the Perry Mason miniseries 50 times. Um, and I can kind of trace it back and, and I can see all these different times it happened. Uh, my, my overwhelming obsession with, uh, with mystery science theater when I was in high school, you know, um, but there was a long stretch in there, probably starting when I worked at a, when I worked at a comic store and had all this access where I really just dialed in on the DC universe and. Uh, like, that was just my favorite thing. And the reboot that threw out everything I liked and tried to standardize everything so everybody looked like they belonged in the same world was so joyless and depressing, and it really just kind of killed my my love for a lot of it. And they've tried to sort of recapture what they had, and it's worked to different degrees. But then the you get to the movies and the Man of Steel is such a bummer and, and Batman V Superman is just nothing. I like about my two favorite characters is, is evidenced at all. And, you know, even before that, the, the, the shows on the CW, I didn't like, I bounced on real quick. And, you know, at one point there were five DC shows and I was watching zero of them when that would have been unthinkable years before. And like, yeah this is so boring if i if if you hear this it means i was too tired to just re-record an episode that was less boring uh but i i've like like for some reason self-preservation or maybe not throwing myself back to an unhealthy mental place i almost have to not interact with dc related stuff unless I am certain to love it. you know, the the Batman standalone movie, the uh, you know, Doom Patrol or Peacemaker or or the comics I still read. I, I tend to stick to things that I I have very good track records for me or uh, something I can bail on real quick if it doesn't click immediately. It's this weird self-preservation thing and if something just looks a little off to me, like overly nasty or or I don't know just I got bad vibes from the flash trailer and that may and i i'm I'm completely comfortable not seeing it, even though you know that guy's one of my favorites, and there's a Batman that I love and a Batman that uh <laughs> I don't God, this is so boring, why did I do this why did i? When I say this, I mean this podcast. I feel like I've taken you all on some bad paths. By the way, 100th episode next week, if you can believe it. Uh, my friend Becky had a very good pitch to do an episode about uh, uh, actors who have separate recording careers. I think mostly because she wants me to have to listen to Scarlett Johansson's terrible album of Tom Waits covers. It's so bad. And that is a very good idea, and I'm going to do it. I don't think I'll do it for the 100th episode because I have had, I have been too busy at work, and I want to actually try and listen to some of these albums before just uh, assuming that Russell Crowe's band is bad. I mean, they definitely are, but I need to at least dig around and listen to some songs so I can talk about it beyond the silliness of 30-odd foot of grunt. Yeah, that's right. That's what it's called so that will be a future episode um but I think what I'll do for the 100th uh and my my original premise was to talk about my favorite 100th episodes and most TV shows don't do something for their 100th episode (laughs) because nobody really cares uh The Simpsons is the first time I can remember it uh it's good but it, it doesn't jump out at you as being an event even though they framed it as one um, and a lot of my favorite shows, especially in the era of, you know, prestige cable doesn't make it to a hundred or, you know, that's and, and for a, for a network show that does 22 episodes a season, a hundred's right in the middle of a season. So it's not going to be a big turning point usually. So I think instead what I'll do is 10 top tens for a top 100 and I have to work out what they're going to be, but they're not going to be like, like, like big top tens. Like I'm not going to have my top 10 favorite movies, but maybe it'll be my top 10 favorite James Bond movies. I'm not going to get into my top 10 favorite TV shows of all time, but I'll probably pick a show and give my 10 favorite episodes. Uh, That's my plan. That might be unworkable also. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I tried to get my friend Lana to be a guest because she has been my best friend for a very long time. And uh, I've had most of the other people I would consider to be my top-level friends on or will be on at some point. And she does not wish to be on a podcast, so that fell apart. Uh, But, yeah, we'll see. Right now it's looking like top ten, top tens. I am all over the place. I forgot to mention the obvious favorite. Uh, well, it only gets half credit. The Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Because they didn't show it during the game. They ran a short ad that tells you to go online to watch the trailer. Which is nonsense. But if you do that, it's it's really good. Uh, the Guardians are right up there with Ant-Man as my favorite parts of the Marvel Universe. And this is definitely the last one what with james gunn leaving and most of the cast saying they're done with the roles um and the the trailer certainly makes it look like at least at least a few of our friends aren't going to make it but there's also some very funny jokes it was great i wish i they had actually just showed it on tv so i could have been excited and everybody can make fun of me about how excited i am um but yeah, I guess if there were other movie trailers, I do not remember them. Uh, so this was maybe a mistake for a segment. Uh, a quick TV recommendation. Uh, this is on Netflix. It's called Cunk on Earth. C-U-N-K. And that feels like a racial slur when you say it. But it's this uh, this British woman doing a documentary. Okay, it's sort of it's sort of like what what Amy Hoggart uh, does, or honestly, even the Daily Show people, where they they interview people as an idiot, like just going in there and not understanding anything. But in her case, it's not. There doesn't seem so far to be a, a political point to make, or. Uh, even to sort of make these people look stupid, she's talking to actual experts about things and interviewing them as the stupidest person. It's sort of like if if uh, just if an idiot had made Planet Earth, and it's it reminds me a little bit of Look Around You, uh, but like 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 if Peter Serafinowicz was Borat is sort of the the vibe. That I get from it, it's very funny. Uh, It just recently came to uh, came. It just recently came to Netflix. Like it was somewhere else initially, Um, but it's new. I guess she has done some other shows in England, and I cannot remember her name. I know the name of the character is Philomena Kunk. Again, that feels bad to say. It's just bad in my mouth, but it is so funny. Um, I'm also loving Poker Face. Uh, you know what? Last man, on, uh, last man on Earth. Man, I wish we were talking about Last Man on Earth. The Last of Us. I've mentioned, I think it's, I think it's really good. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's so well done, but they, look, everybody in the world has talked about episode three, kind of the standalone with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett as Bill and Frank. And, Here's what's amazing about that episode, besides Nick Offerman just being like, you know what, it would be nice to have an Emmy. Uh, Most shows now, like the, I'm talking the serialized prestige dramas, they don't have like an episode that you can just show to somebody. You know, it's, they're all sort of built from the idea of, well, you, you have to watch all of them. And this had serialized elements, especially the, you know, the open and close. But you can, uh, most of it is just, you understand it's a world where something like zombies happened and everything sucks. And uh, I I watched it with my TV friends on Sunday. And, uh, you know, three of of the four friends there had never seen any of The Last of Us or had any knowledge of what it was about. And they could watch it, and they enjoyed it, and they got something out of this episode, and that that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, like, maybe Poker Face, it kind of works, because that's not serialized, but everything else is. Like, you know, the finale of House of the Dragon was real awesome. You can't just show that to somebody and say, hey, check out this good episode of TV. You know, it's like how Sam got me watching Doctor Who by showing me the Dalek episode from season one. And it's like, oh, yeah, holy smokes, this is good. And and shows don't do that anymore. There's not an episode you can isolate and say, hey, this is, just watch this one. And it doesn't even matter if you're going to watch the rest of the series. It's it's a. It's a good episode that you'll enjoy. And you, you need a guidebook most of the time. So that that was a that was a really cool thing they did. And uh, convinced one of my friends who had watched the pilot and then kind of dipped out. But then uh, convinced her to stay on and keep watching. Um, I don't know. It was a cool thing to see. It reminded me of the old days when you'd have like an episode of Homicide that stood alone and had this really good premise. And they'd promote that as being, hey, if you haven't watched Homicide yet, watch this episode. Whereas now it's if you haven't watched such and such yet, well, go on the right streaming service. Start with episode one. You're gonna need it. And I like serialized TV. You know, I I was I was on the on the HBO train early on. But it's it's good to just have an episode you can sit with sit and watch with people without committing to an entire season and still have them get something out of it. So good job, The Last of Us. Um, My nose is very stuffy right now, so I'm going to wrap this up as soon as I do the franchise report. Um, I know it's been two weeks since I did one, but I did not have... Uh, I didn't have time. I My time was all screwed up over the last two weekends, so I only watched two movies, which means I wrapped up my current franchises and will start fresh next week. Uh, I watched uh Hellboy the Golden Army. Man, I love that movie. Look, does it have flaws? Sure it does. Uh especially now with all the Hellboy I've been reading. There's some weird like uh Johann Krauss, the German man who's made of gas. Uh I like that character. He, in the in the comics, he's you know, he's just this kind weird man who happens to be made of gas, whereas here he's sort of a, uh, uh, he's an a-hole in this movie. And, uh, uh, let's be honest, the whole thing with Hellboy getting Liz pregnant is, never really sat right with me, because there's no way she's surviving that childbirth. Um, but, it's also so fun to watch, and there's, some of the stuff is just stunning. Like the fight with the, the actual fight with the Golden Army. With the the one they control, and then Hellboy's got a severed arm that he's using to stab them with. It looks great, and then the the sequence with the with the gears is I mean Guillermo del Toro is good at this stuff, and you know the silly stuff lands right. It's it's so fun. I had a great time watching it. I can't believe I haven't watched it more frequently since it came out. Um. You know, it's a different take on Hellboy, but oh man, it's it's so fun. Great time that wraps up my kind of string of of superhero related movies. Uh so we're it's going to be a whole new thing next week. Uh I also wrapped up the Bourne series with Jason Bourne. The one where uh Matt Damon comes back to the series after uh after sitting out the Born Legacy and I need to to uh, look this up I need to figure out the years here's i going to be real honest I did not especially enjoy uh, the Bourne Legacy or Jason Bourne rather and I'm looking at it now, the The last Matt Damon uh, born movie was out in 2007 and this is a 2016 release so you know, they probably felt okay about rehashing a lot of the Treadstone stuff and just reframing the same the same central conflict but now it's Tommy Lee Jones as the guy who's hunting Jason Bourne um and there's a couple of great action scenes. But it just... And I remember liking it in theaters. But having just watched the other movies over the last month, it's it's really more of the same in a way that would not have been apparent nine years after The Born Ultimatum came out. Uh, I don't love it. and I, I don't like movies where the, the... You know, Julia Stiles gets killed to give him more tragedy and that's, uh, that's kind of bullshit but also Alicia Vikander's in this one she's really good and I don't know why she's not in more stuff she seems like she's always just on the verge of getting super famous and uh then just remains on that verge um I think she might be married to somebody famous I mean she's somebody famous but you know what I mean uh Perhaps I'm wrong. Oh, yes, she's married to Michael Fassbender. Oh, man, that guy is famous. And he'll show up in our next franchise because next week I am starting Police Academy and Alien. Uh, One franchise has some real highs and real lows, and one, I bet, is going to be mostly lows. Uh, But we'll talk about those next week. Uh, My nose is so plugged right now, I'm going to have to wrap this up. I will just finish by reminding you to get something from teesbysummer.com. Uh, I would do a longer ad, but holy smokes, I can barely breathe. Uh, teesbysummer.com, mugs, t-shirts, water bottle, the best. It's all great. It's all on my desk at Well, the shirts aren't on my desk at work. That would be weird. Although I do have a couple of the shirts at work in case I ever need to. Like if I if I ever go do something after work that I hadn't planned on and I want to change and i got a cool t-shirt I can wear instead. So, you know, the shirts are well represented at my desk also. Uh, so, yeah, buy something. Uh, you can leave a note to the seller. Just tell her she's doing great. Tell oh, her these are good shirts. Or good mugs, depending on which thing you buy. Just buy something. Then tell me about it, and I'll I'll give you a tribute on, on the next episode. I don't know what tribute, what that tribute would come in the form of, but you'll be honored in some way. Um, you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Uh, you can check out theapehive.com, which is where I have been lax in writing about pop culture, but I did just post my long review of the first 31 issues of Daredevil because... Over on Instagram, EJ underscore I am reading one issue of Daredevil a day until I finish, which will take about 22 months. Uh, I've never read 60s Daredevil before. So far, they're not that good. Uh, but they're getting weird. Uh, so I, every day I post the cover and a, a very short review. Then at the end of the month, I do sort of a longer look at the month's worth of reading on the Ape Hive also on Twitter at EJ Fettis not much to see there Uh, TikTok at EJ I don't think you say at's on TikTok EJ Fettis where I do my uh, I do my bad movie reviews Uh, I haven't done one for a while because I have not really been to the movies the last thing I saw was Tar which I already did one about without having seen it but I'll get get back in the groove Um, and that's it that's what my deal is uh, bah, bah, bah. that's it. Sorry, I know this episode was a mess. I don't feel that good, so uh, I promise I'll be healthy in time for episode 100. I'll see you later. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee, 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 wee!